Welcome to the Awakened Intent Podcast. My name is Chris Bale, and we're just going to begin this episode before uh, officially starting by just noticing where we're at in the body and really taking the opportunity and taking the moment right now uh, to drop in to the physicality and to the body. You can notice any tension in the face, relaxing the forehead, the eyebrows, the jaw, and the muscles of the mouth. And breathing deeply into your body. And just feeling sense of what's currently moving in you, whatever experience you may be having right now. the shoulders and down into the chest through the upper back the ribs the abdomen and all the way down into the pelvis through the legs, the knees, feeling your butt on the chair if you're sitting, and feeling the soles of your feet on the earth, on the ground, on the floor. As you do that, just allowing whatever energy, whatever subtle sensation wants to move up through the feet, through the legs, washing through the body. And feeling self. Feeling you. And for this episode today, it's not just me who is here right now. I'm also joined by uh, a woman by the name of Ashley. And I had the somewhat brief pleasure of uh, spending some time when I was visiting the Hawaiian Islands last year and we got to explore a beach for a bit and hang out and connect. So it's wonderful to to 
reconnect with you again and thank you for being willing to uh, come on to the podcast and yeah bring bring mm. some questions mm. so welcome ashley thank you so much chris i'm really happy to be here and have this conversation with you <clears throat> and it was lovely mm. to meet you hopefully we'll have you yes. back here soon yes yeah. yes so would you like to give people a little a little introduction or a little bit of uh yeah just some context <sighs> yeah <clears throat> okay so my name is ashley i was raised on the island of Kauai, and i'm deeply passionate about love and intimacy um, in relating with ourselves and in relating with our partners and relationship um, so that's the work that i do and it's what i live <clears throat> And it's a constant evolution <laughs> and discovery. Mm -hmm. So um, I am very intrigued by what you do and what you share. And mm -hmm. I'm a 48-year-old woman. I have two children and have lived a pretty full life in that realm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm... Um, I work with individuals and couples and, and run group programs and retreats and just very inspired by how to cultivate deeper connection with ourselves and intimacy and sacred sexuality in kind mm -hmm. of healing this the distortion that we have in our culture around this. So that's a little bit about me. Right. I do this for Beautiful. me. I do this for the, for the people I work with and I do this for my children and all of our future generations so really want things to shift and get more healthy yes yeah yes wonderful wonderful well thank you for that introduction and i guess from this point i'm i'm gonna hand it over to you <clears throat> in whatever direction you'd like to to take it in ah well there's so many questions and so many directions that i could go in um, one <clears throat> question in particular that I have for you is that you often talk about men leading and I, I love this and I want this, but I think there's a lot of confusion around what that means. Yes. And I'm also curious what you think or what place feminine intuition and like that knowingness that the feminine has in guiding and leading and where that meets and matches the masculine or how we do that dance mm. love to just mm. hear what you have to share about that to start with beautiful question so in actual fact in my experience it's actually the feminine principle that's leading mm. when it's healthy mm -hmm. so a man leading obviously we have dysfunctional narratives we have plenty mm -hmm. dysfunctional narratives around what that looks like yeah. uh, and how that kind of kind of be manifested physically into the world but when i work with men on the area or on the topic of leadership my first question is to to him as well if you're wanting to lead what's leading you <laughs> yeah so what have you learned to surrender to in your own life if you're expecting someone else to hand up you know, some type of, I guess it's not even sovereignty, but just allowing 
someone come in and actually start to bring in some direction and some guidance. So if a man hasn't done his inner spiritual work, if he hasn't gotten clear on his own sadhana, he's going to be leading from a place of his own conditioning and brainwashing. Right. And a lot of women will say, oh, I find it so hard to, to be led. You know, I don't really want to be led by him, but I'm trying because mm-hmm. they tell me to be more feminine. I have to surrender and I have to, I have to follow the man's leadership. Well, I would never advise any woman to follow insanity. Right. Right, or to follow <laughs> brainwashing or to follow trauma. Right. So when we as men can come into our body in a way that we can start to sense the frequency of that energy, of the creative energy, of the creator energy that's mm-hmm. put us here, yeah. now we're being led by that. And through our leadership of other people, all we're doing is passing that energy on. But it's not even about us. A man who's leading for himself or for his ego, that's going to be dangerous. Yeah. Right? If a man is leading from a place of attempting to spread more life force Mm. in a way of attempting to reconnect and to remind people of their own powerful essence, Mm. essentially of all our own godliness, then I feel that's a lot, that's a lot uh, healthier. Mm. But it's the feminine essence. Yeah. Right, Because I can only lead in an intelligent way as a man if I'm deeply in contact with my intuitive nature. Yeah. Without intuition, I'm useless. Because mm-hmm. now I'm just kind of banging my head against a wall and hoping something breaks or responds. So what I've seen is women lead, or let me re-clarify that. Mm-hmm. In my experience, the most embodied women who really truly understand themselves and their feminine essence, they lead behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. But the connection that she has with her own feminine, right, with her own creator energy, that is essentially what's actually informing the man in how to move next. And we can break that right down to lovemaking. Right. Right. So if if I as a man am I'm making love to the woman in my life, I'm not there to do something to her. I'm there to listen to her so deeply, mm. to be so attuned to every single ripple and, and undulation and response in her mm. that I'm actually there to follow yeah. her deep response. She may be feeling led in that because maybe she can't actually feel sense of that part mm. of herself in this mm-hmm. moment. So she may feel like I'm leading it. But really, I'm just, I'm listening. Mm. So safe and potent and powerful leadership, I feel, comes from listening. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. On that thread of sexuality, you know, I find that so few men know how to truly listen to a woman's body, her being, her energy, her field. Um, and, and so few men and women really understand the feminine, (laughs) really understand the anatomy, the energy, all of it, that there's usually, um, guidance that's needed. You know, there's like some direction, especially in the beginning to teach and show men how Mm -hmm. the sensitivity, the energy, the touch, the pressure that it, and that eventually, you know, they can lead, but 
to for a woman to really surrender her 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 man needs to be able to listen to a tune and before that happens then I, i i hear this all the time just just let go just just let go you know and you're like okay but i i can let go easily when somebody's there who can sense and feel me Mm-hmm. If they're bumbling around, yes. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work. So I'm curious to what advice or what would you share with women around how to guide their men into that in a way that is can be mm-hmm. received by men. Well, one of the most one of the most powerful ways that a woman can support a man is through her reflection. Mm-hmm. Right? Through her authentic, not performative, not manipulative reflection, but right. through her being deeply in her own body mm-hmm. and being willing to allow her voice, her sound, her breath, her movement to reflect directly back to him what this exact touch or movement or motion or disconnection or deep connection has has affected her right because a lot of men because women's re- receptivity has now kind of been labeled as weak mm. and has been shut down now she's really kind of just stranded alone separated from one of the most powerful frequencies that she has access to right. and then as men, we're kind of there scratching our head because we don't know what's going on. We don't know how what we're doing is being received when when the woman's not willing to actually be reflective to us for fear of, I don't know, maybe hurting our ego or, oh, I don't want to upset him. I just want to kind of brace it and wait for it to be over, which is really how a lot of women... Yeah. engage with intimacy and this isn't because men are big bad wolves no. or we're evil or we're predatory it's just because firstly we haven't received any guidance from intelligent healthy masculinity yeah. in our lives from role models from mentors and secondly we're not getting reflections we're not getting let me reclarify we're not getting authentic yeah. reflections <laughs> from most women because for her to reflect him authentic authentically mm-hmm. um, she really has to be deeply in contact with her own felt sense and most women because of tension trauma fear bracing inability to breathe she's not even able to be in her own body yeah so there's definitely a few different points that need to that need to be clicked in uh, another way that a woman can support him is by reminding him or even inviting him into shifting his purpose and intention when it comes to sex. Yeah. Which is why I feel ejaculation and semen retention is very potent because when, as a man, we remove ejaculation even being an option, well, now what is sex about? (laughs) Right? So now he has to go, okay, well, if I'm not coming, what, what am I here for? And it will actually draw him into much deeper types of internal dialogue and inquiry with himself. And what I share with men is rather being focused on your own pleasure and then actually getting lost to your own pleasure Mm -hmm. and leaving her in the moment. If you can bring your focus instead to how deeply can I be with this woman? Yeah without really even having to do anything. 
just how can I stay in, in a depth of beingness and attunement with this woman? Uh, not even making it about pleasure, because pleasure will come on its own accord. <laughs> so, you know, the, the intimacy piece is, is huge, yeah. and it essentially kind of reflects every other aspect of our life and how we engage with ourselves. Um, but that's definitely a good start, I feel. Absolutely. It's definitely the work that I do, you know, guiding people into feeling themselves and that authentic expression and what is there, the senses. Um, And I'm curious because I have this conversation with a lot of men I work with and just in my community. And so many men say that they can't even think of not ejaculating at least once a day, that they have so much energy that what, that that's how they manage like too much of their energy. (laughs) <laughs> this is kind of the, the thought process that I hear from men a lot. So I'm just curious to what right. do you have to share with them about that? <laughs> what I have to share with them is, is you don't have too much energy. You actually have too much deficiency. <laughs> right? You're hungry. You're starving. You've got an empty belly. And when we have an empty belly or when we have empty testicles or an empty prostate or empty sexual energetic centers, we want to continue to devour. Yeah. And we're we're kind of deeply held in that spot of deficiency. The arousal that he's experiencing is usually deficiency heat. It's coming from a, a yin deficiency in the body. It's coming from a fluid deficiency. Hmm. And as men, we'll go through the younger period of our life, uh, in some instances, completely over excessively ejaculating and leaking that fluid from our body. And then we'll get to our 40s, 50s, 60s, and essentially not really be able to have sex anymore because he's now so deficient in himself because he's leaked so much. Uh, I mean, I work with men currently. Some men are in their 20s and they're having erectile dysfunction. Like, it's, it's really, really crazy what's happening right now with us hormonally and all these other side parts. But... If he thinks he has a lot of energy, I would love for him to to be willing to face sitting in it hmm. so he can learn it. Oh, my gosh. Right? Just because you have energy, that doesn't mean you have to toss it around. That doesn't mean you have to release it. That's your inability to hold energy. That's what that's reflecting mm. to him. And what I've discovered through my own process, because I, I didn't come here perfect in any regard, and I'm <laughs> still not, right? So I've had to, like, workshop my way through all of this over the last decade or so. What I've really noticed is most men have never actually experienced themselves full. He lives his life in this post-ejaculatory hormonal hangover, which will last five to seven days for every man. Mm -hmm. If he says, I feel fine after I ejaculate, I feel energized, I don't feel any loss. It's like, okay, that's what you think, but be open to the possibility that you may just be numb. Mm -hmm. And when you're numb, that means you're blind. And when you're blind, it means you don't see life around you. And that's not safe for anybody. So we require more energy in order to have a higher level of consciousness, which then brings us to a higher level of seeing, of wakefulness. 
And as men, we have this really practical tool that's very, very supportive for us. If we can allow it build up and accumulate through that process, learn to circulate it, learn to face the anger, the anxiety, all these other emotions that it starts to push up against. Men think that, oh, I'm angry because I haven't ejaculated in two days, rather than actually realizing that I'm just angry and I've needed this energy to increase in order to be able to actually feel the truth of what's moving in me. Mm -hmm. Wow. So it's a, it's a big piece, but it, it's really profound for men when he can start to move down that process. And, uh, you know, I'm, I might sound pretty direct in some of the things that I say, and, and even harsh in some capacities, but, you know, really this is coming just from a deep respect and love towards men and seeing that he's so much bigger than he allows himself to be. Mm -hmm. And he's required and he's needed. His consciousness is required right now more than ever. More and than ever, yeah. Yes, yes. So just to approach that process with himself, with firmness, discipline, and compassion. Right. Because he will make mistakes. He will go a bit too far and cross the line. And if that happens, enjoy every second. <laughs> yeah. Right? No more neurosis around, around the ejaculatory process. But to, to have intentions, to set intentions, and to be willing to hold firm to those to the best of his current ability. Yeah, um, I definitely see like the other end of that too, when men get so like, I haven't ejaculated in 15 years or whatever it is, and they're just so attached to that, that they almost yes. cut themselves off from their energy and their sexuality. So I've seen like the, well, they the do. polarities. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. If, if you don't use it, you lose it. So it's about balance. Yeah. It's about balance. The ejaculatory process is required at certain points in order to move back up in stagnation and to to keep things circulating. Yeah. But I mean the body will release close. <laughs> in their sleep too. I mean if it hasn't happened yes. for a while. So So anyways, exactly. I'm getting off track because I'd really like to come back to what you're saying about, you know, this the masculine healing and even coming into this place. I mean, I feel <sighs> I've had the experience of feeling really disappointed <laughs> in my life mm. um, with with men, and this is changing. But um, you know, I think that this is a common narrative for a lot of women. Um, I was raised by a, a loving but alcoholic father, and all the men around me were were kind of similar, and. Um, that what you're talking about, that numbing, that disconnection, that just like overall depletion um, that takes place both in men and women and just in our culture. But it's, it's such this deep kind of slumber <laughs> that yes. humanity has been in. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just curious, like, how do we, what do you say um, is like the beginning steps to start awakening that which has been asleep for individuals, especially for men. Well, firstly, the man needs to realize that he's not just here to be a fucking workhorse. Right. Because a lot of that patterning of the man being the alcoholic and the man committing suicide and the man being in prison 
all of these things are speaking to the larger narrative of the fact that men are completely ignored in large areas of their lives and they're expected to just put their head down and get on with it. Mm -hmm. We do the jobs, we do the work that nobody else wants to do, right? That's just the reality of it. And emotionally speaking, men generally have not been offered or given the same type of permission to have feelings and to express stuff uh, the same way that women may have had. And because of this, men go to things to numb. Men go to things to avoid. Men don't speak about the things that they have to speak about in order to heal and to be healthy and to feel love and to feel valued. So there's a lot of blind spots that I feel men really need to be honored in. Right. Uh, men really truly do work so hard and, and men really truly want to please for the most part. They want to please the women that they're with. They want to make their partner happy. I, I've worked with men for over a decade, almost every single day in that period of time. And men's hearts are so open. Mm -hmm. And we have this narrative that, you know, there's, and yes, there is predatory behavior. There is manipulation. There's a lot of toxic behaviors that are happening. But that's coming from the fact that men are so ignored in certain areas. So he doesn't feel powerful. He doesn't feel empowered. He doesn't feel understood. He doesn't feel met. He doesn't feel relieved in himself. So now he has to go out and kind of take reflections of power right. through dysfunctional behaviors or completely shut himself down, retract into his cave and start brewing inside about how everyone else is the problem and they have to pay for it. So this space just needs to be opened. Uh, that's really, really important that men can be acknowledged in the fact that, that you know, we're so naturally loving. Mm -hmm. But we just don't know how to bring it because no one has really given us much guidance in it. And if we bring too much of it, we're told that we're too soft. Right. If we don't bring enough of it, we're told that we're, we're emotionally unavailable. So what I would say to men is stop living your life for other people's opinions and expectations yeah. and start going into your own body and really truly asking yourself, who am I? What brings me joy? And what are the things that I need to express and share to unburden myself from an insane society that does not have my best interest at heart? <sighs> Be because we're animals, we're warriors, yeah. we have such fire in us. And the more you domesticate that, the more dangerous the man actually gets. Because now he feels crippled, withered and disempowered. Right. And that's the part of the narrative that you just don't hear publicly. Um, because it's about something else right now. And that's fine, because that also needs to happen. And so how can women that are with these men invite mm. that deeper sharing connection, like acknowledgement, respect? Mm. I, what do you have to... Love him. Mm. Love him. Love him. Stop berating him. Mm. Stop poking him and judging him and telling him all the ways that he's not good enough for you. Mm. If he's not good enough for you, why are you still there? That is a higher reflection of you as a woman than of him. We all have to be accountable here. 
But I work with women and, and they'll say, you know, I, I want him to show up in his in his kingdomship. I want to feel my man being a king. But I'm like, you're treating him like a slave. How you speak to him, how you look down on him, the subtle manipulation that you do, the way that you bait him with your physicality or with sex. And obviously this isn't every relationship, right? right? I'm speaking to certain narratives here, but I'm speaking to them because I feel like they're not really spoken to yeah. publicly. Mm-hmm. And so the, the first thing really, how can she support him? Well, how can we support anybody? Like love them, mm. be loving with them. Stop blaming the other for, for what you're not getting. Right. Because nobody's here to make you happy. This is our individual role as sovereign beings. We're here to fulfill that aspect of ourselves and understand that we're all human. Yeah. Nobody's perfect and we're all navigating through different things. And if we can go first in love, especially a woman, if she can go first in love, that is so transformative. That's so healing to men. When we've really only ever been valued based on the resources we bring. Yeah. Like that, that's it. Like, yeah. okay, how, how present are you? How much money do you have? How big is your house? <laughs> you know, what can you bring me? What are your resources? Because that's what I'm going to value you on. Mm-hmm. So it's about shifting that pattern. And that will really involve her actually having to go deep into her own system and feeling through all of the quiet disdain that she may have towards the masculine, towards men, and rightly so, right? Because she's probably been mishandled and abused and lied to and treated terribly at the hands of men in her life. So we all are responsible for our individual healing and we should never be projecting that on to the other person to show up to fix in us because I just don't feel that's ever really possible. Um, and the other thing that a woman can do to, to really support him on the opposite side of that complete expression is hold him accountable and reflect him accurately. That includes when he's showing up in a way that is not strong, that is not authentic. Right. So this right. is so such a fine I'm not line. saying tolerate everything. Yes. It's an art. It's it's right. it's a dance. Because then you kind of teeter into that place that you were just speaking to before of like, oh, you know, it's really to hold a man accountable, to hold ourselves accountable, you know, it's but that teeters into that emasculating. Uh, you yes. know, it's like how do you do that in a in a really gentle, loving, compassionate way, I think is the art. <laughs> Well, what I share with women is you can, yes, yes. So what I share with women is you can literally say almost anything to a man in your reflection to him, as long as you are landed in your heart mm-hmm. and in your deeper awareness to the fact that this is me loving this man. Right. This is coming from love. This isn't coming from my pain that I'm wanting to stick and punish him with. So what I share with women and also with men is just check the motivation of all of your communication. Yeah. Be very aware of where are the words coming out of my mouth? Where are they actually coming from? Are they coming from the intention of bringing more love and empowerment and seeing into this space? Or are they coming from the fact that I just kind of 
want to get revenge and I'm feeling bitter and resentful and I have to take it out on somebody. Right. And then there's also the layer of, of mothering. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. So it's all, it's all a balancing act. Mm-hmm. And what I'll share with women is yes, love him as deeply as you can, but never compromise yourself to the point where you lose yourself to that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, because what I'd be sharing to the other side with men is, you know, love her as deeply as you can. Right. But never compromise yourself. Same. That. Yeah. Beautiful. Same. Okay. So, as a mother <laughs> raising a son mm. who like came into this, I like <laughs> gave birth to this, this beautiful boy, and I'm like, I am going to raise a conscious man. <laughs> <laughs> And what I've felt as, you know, it's the journey. He's he's now um, 16. Mm. Is actually a letting go. Like, yes, I have that desire. And of course, I want to have a, a conscious man, you know, a son that's like aware and conscious. And, you know, this like, ah, um, letting go and this love and acceptance for his journey being what it is. And that I don't have control over that. (laughs) Um, And I'm just curious, you know, what would you say to mothers to help them raise sons to be more deeply aware? Mm. What could your mother have done for you? Be the deepest example of unconditional love Mm -hmm. that you possibly can be without smothering him with it, without controlling him with it, without dominating him with it, and leaving him free Mm -hmm. to explore life, to fall over, and to learn to pick himself up. You can be on the park bench. (laughs) You can be watching him as he falls over, and everything in you may go, oh, my baby, and want to stand up and run over to his his rescue, you know, to his side. But it's about seeing him powerful enough to be able to look after that part of himself. Because then you give him the space to actually cultivate strength, resilience, and reliance. And if you can just be there as a figure of ultimate love, without judgment, and allow him to just kind of come in and out in his own way, Right, mom is here. You're right, she's sitting on the land and she's full of love. And I see you fall over. I see you hurt yourself, but you're so powerful. You can get up and handle this yourself. I see how powerful you are. I see how powerful you are. And if he needs to, let him know. But I'm here. If you need me. Hmm. So you're you're just opening the space up and you're removing coddling. Uh, and hopefully, if that's done, then he won't have to come to someone like me when he gets older. Uh, Because most men who come to me will will definitely be functioning from many different versions and types of mother wounds and how he was never really given the opportunity to find his own resilience um, because of how kind of dysfunctionally dominated he was by feminine energy. Mm. But if you can actually feel your son as a man in the space when you're with him and expect him to be there as a man, 
that will be a very beautiful teaching process for him because you'll you'll allow space to be open for him to step into it. Because he'll look at you and go, why is that space empty? Why is that space not filled? What's happening? I was like, well, that's for you to step into. I'm not going to do that. So <sighs> if I was to bring it down to a more finite, simplistic point, it would be to instill confidence mm. in your son, mm. in your sons, and letting him know that his emotions and his feelings, his insecurities, his confusions are just as important and of value as everybody else mm. in this life, including the women around him. Mm. Yeah, we grew up with the children's poem of, I don't know what word for word, but I remember singing it so many times having to do it in school that uh, little girls are made of sugar and spice and all things right. nice and little boy remains of like worms or something. <laughs> uh, so it, it, it goes really, really deep that level of shame right. that that men and, and young men carry just for kind of having a penis and being here as a man. Uh, that's the other point that I actually wanted to mention. Support him, love him, and empower him in his exploration of his own sexuality. Yes, absolutely. Right? To, to let him know that his genitals, that area, is going to be so full of energy in his life. And it's the most powerful, one of the most powerful and creative and beautiful and reverent parts of his body. And the more he can come to be with that place and feel that place and know and understand that place, the better he's going to actually be able to love in the world, the more empowered he's going to feel in the world. Because for us as men, this is energetically our positive pole. Mm. And this is how we actually come to our heart in a healthy, grounded way. <laughs> Yeah, so really honoring that part of your son as well, because we've all grown up with the narrative of masturbation is dirty and, you know, the, the little boy has to like hide to do it. There's deep shame building over the years that he's doing this. Sometimes he gets caught. He's disciplined for it. He's told don't have your hand and your, you know, on your genitals in public, all these different things that just kind of have us feel like this part of us is bad. But there's so much energy that wants yeah. to move here. So, so now we're confused. <laughs> like, well, it's bad, but it feels great. So <laughs> what am I missing? <laughs> yeah, I think my, my son gets a very different narrative with, with me being his mother. <laughs> yes. He, sure, he gets a little bit like, sure. oh, mom, don't. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to. <laughs> Stop talking to me about semen retention. Uh, yeah, I, I put it all out there and definitely you know yeah it's it's very mm. celebrated and honored and yet he gets Beautiful. such a different narrative from you know his friends and the culture so it's a i'm sure it's a little confusing and um and hopefully it, it lands you know mm -hmm. and he gets yes. to really know that potency and respect it mm -hmm. yeah Beautiful. what a gift what a gift yeah it is it's a tricky thing though when um, yeah, I, I think about this a lot because I do have, have children and I work with people around sexuality and it's like communicating to our kids. What I've found is that 
by the time it's deemed appropriate, quote unquote, appropriate to have these conversations with our kids around sex, they've already been so inundated with misinformation, really, that and, yes. and it's so uncomfortable. They don't want to talk about it. Um, and so I, I really feel and I'm curious and I know you don't have children, but I, I'm curious to what you would say about this. Um, I think it's actually really important for us to start the narrative around at least sexual anatomy much earlier than Mm -hmm. we do. Not that we need to talk about sexual, the sexual act, but like to really Mm -hmm. inform them about their anatomy and the potency of the energy in that anatomy, like early. Yes, Yes, as early as possible. Yeah, and I wish I would have done that earlier Mm. with my own. Right. Well, for me, it's it's not even so much about the sexual act because that's instinctual right. when we're healthy, right? That'll come instinctually at the right time once there's health that's instilled before that. So for me, it's not about the sexuality piece. It's about the orgasmic piece. Mm. Uh-huh. Little children, before we shut them down, are the most orgasmic creatures on this planet. <laughs> they run left, right, up, down, screaming, yes, screaming, no, <laughs> giggling, cry. I mean, they're just balls of orgasmicness. When I say orgasmicness, I just mean aliveness. And you'll see this with young kids, toddlers, even like little boys. They're always going to be at their genitals. They're always going to be either pulling at it or holding it or just sitting with it. And the reason is because it's the positive pull. This is like our comfort blanket. This is where we go. This is why men will kind of unconsciously just have their hand on their pants holding their genitals. Well, because he's self-soothing, right? He's centering himself. And if we can start to open the dialogue of, yes, what you feel is beautiful, and yes, the fact that you're touching this area, society may say this is bad for you to do, but there's no difference between this and your elbow, right? They're both parts of your body which are functional, but this part just seems to be even more powerful for you. And to teach them about aliveness, to teach them that we're in a society that is actually trying to shut that down in certain degrees. So here are some some guidance points of how you can stay in your aliveness, how you can stay in your joy, how you can stay in your Mm -hmm. consistent expression and circulation of your own beautiful, powerful, charged life force energy. Thank you for listening to some of today's episode. If you'd like to hear the full conversation, along with live Qigong classes, Q&A group sessions, and Tea with Chris, you can head over to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Chris Bale. Thank you, as always, for your support. And we will see you back here on the next episode. Ciao.